Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bazaar. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts or on Instagram at Justin and the Food Entrepreneurs. You can also reach out to us there if you have questions or you want to be on the podcast on Instagram. You can DM us, and on there is a phone number you can text or call us if you want to be on there. Additionally, uh... I love being in Nashville. It's my new home uh, right now, and I love bringing on guests from here, and I love being able to travel around and try all the food here for the guests that are on. So this is an exciting one for me. So I have with us, Lalving It, Noki Bailengraf from Nashville, Tennessee. How are you doing today, Noki? I hope I got that correct this time. Everyone should always know I'm very sensitive. I want to make sure I get it correct. Oh, it sounds good. And yes, thank you so much for having me. Um, It sounds perfect. Yep, you got it right. (laughs) So let's talk about your story, how you ended up in Nashville, the name of your business, like, and obviously like your background. And do you have entrepreneurial influence? So the mic is yours. Um, Take as much time as you want. But and you can start all the way from the day you were born. I tell everyone that. Like it's yours. That's why I do this. I want to make sure your story's ter- heard and everyone can turn to you and understand your business uh, from your perspective as you build your business. It's a reflection of you. So the mic is yours. Okay. Well, uh, pretty much I'm a Nashville native. I've been here for over 30 plus years now. Um located from Fort Smith, Arkansas at a very young age. I grew up with five siblings. Um, My mom, she was a very hardworking mother of single of five children. um, After the passing of my dad in 92, that's when we located here in Nashville. Um, So yeah, so why Nashville? What brought you guys here as a family? My mom has, um, we have family here in Nashville. She has all her siblings here. And um, yeah, it's kind of weird because I never knew that until, you know, at a very young age, she was like, okay, we're going to move. Um, we're going to start fresh. And so we're moving to Nashville. It's like, oh, okay. D- didn't really know about it much. And um but now grew up to really love it. And so did, is your family entrepreneurial? I mean, you moved here. How did this influence you? I mean, you're in a food truck now, like, and you're a chef of sorts or a a food entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Like how did all this come together here? Um, so about, about the age of 15, um, my mom, she would take me to work with her. Uh, my mom, she has, uh, She's a chef as well. She's she's very great at what she does. So she would take me to work with her. And that's how I kind of learned to work into the business, like the food industry, hospitality. Um, from then on, I just I grew up in that industry and I, I love it. Um, when I turned 16, I kind of had my real job. I started working at Steak and Shake <laughs> as a server um, I did a lot of cooking and prepping and just did everything pretty much, uh, throughout high school. That's all I did was work in a restaurant. And, um, after high school, I, um, was going to college, started college. Um, from my mother's perspective, she was, you know, she kind of disagree of what I wanted to do as far as I told her like, mom, you know, I wanted to. I want to be able to have my own, you know, restaurant one day. And I really love cooking and serving people. Um, so she didn't really understand that. So I kind of pursue her dreams where like, okay, you have to go get proper education and you got to go to college and you have to have a prestige title, you know, high paying career. I don't want you to be a cook. <laughs> so um, that's how I kind of all started um, during my teenage, early 20s. Um, so can I ask a question like what was the attraction for you to the food was it the family was it the relationship with your mom and that commonality was it just something like 
I get the food thing. Like I get it that it just sticks, even though it's like, oh, I'm going to do soccer or I'm going to go do business and I'm going to go get all these mm-hmm. decrees and make my parents proud. I ended up right back where they're like trying to make sure I never ended up. And I didn't want to end up there either. Honestly, I was like, I don't ever want to be in food. Are you kidding me? I saw what you went through and like right. I ended up right back in it. So I mean, I guess what was the attraction to it for you? What would you love them the most about it? I know it's kind of weird because like when, when people ask me, it's like, well, why would you want to do something? You know, it's, it's labor intensive. It's very, you know, um, it's a lot of stress and, you know, that comes along with it. It's just a lot of, you know, hard work. But to me, it's like, it's not hard work. It's because I felt like it was one of my callings where I kind of fell into it because I really love it. I really love people and I really love to serve them through food. Um, before all that, I mean, I would have people, you know, over every weekend and I would cook and serve them and, you know, give them the best hospitality and service, you know, um, just whatever that I can do for them through food, um, which I love cooking, you know, great meals for people to enjoy. And that's something that, you know, as far as what my mom feels or how I understand, because coming from her generation, you know, she doesn't really understand that, you know, it could be something better and greater as far as what she's, came, you know, where she came from. It's it's totally different perspective. So me growing up here in the States is like, you know, you can actually do something that you love and then you can actually, you know, make a great living um, as far as just thinking is the title yeah and i this is one of the things that i i agree and i think it's a generational thing and Mm -hmm. from their perspective they have trouble seeing beyond the struggles of their generation especially Mm -hmm. in food and what happens with our generation that we were like a second generation in food or maybe even a third in some cases i was like a third entrepreneur generation although it went like my dad's dad my mom and then me and my dad was more of a businessman because he got pushed not to be an entrepreneur and went all the routes of like ceos and fancy titles and then right. probably regretted it his entire life i'm pretty sure he's still like always chasing the entrepreneurial thing like wishing he would have done more there but mm-hmm. and my point being this is we learn at a faster rate when we're learning as kids and and you're learning as adults mm-hmm. uh and it's going to be true for our generation too because they'll even compound that knowledge and that generational wealth i call it that generational mm-hmm. wealth and food is significant like i can run a 10 times better business food business restaurant entrepreneur business than my parents simply right. i was at such a young age while they were learning the su- same lessons and i was more observing and learning from their mistakes as well as their mm-hmm. successes and at a malleable stage why i was in school why i was being educated why i was still doing all the important things while i went to college and like inform my business that it compounds that into generational things like some of the best restaurants and some of the best concepts we've seen are generational compounding, particularly in mm-hmm. New York City, you know, and that's that generational wealth compounding value. I'm not talking about dollars. I'm talking about that knowledge that eventually compounds into greatness, good product, mm-hmm. good food, creating jobs, creating dreams. So that's what you're talking about right here. And And I think it's like, Yes, of course they want us to be safe, but there's also this. Like you don't realize what you actually gave me. You mm. you gave me more than just money or an education in the formal setting. You gave me a life education and an mm-hmm. entrepreneur education and a food education. And so I think that's really cool that I just want to anchor there. So go on. So you're deciding you're like, okay, like I'm going the traditional route. Like, it's not really true to me. I want to be in food. I'm going in food. So how do you get the training? How do you make the transition? How do you go from whatever field you were in before to this one? Um, during college, um, that's when I first met my, met my husband. Um, he himself is an entrepreneur. And that's when I began starting to learn about what entrepreneurship was like. Okay, he actually owns a mobile detailing business. He sells and yeah, sells and flip cars. I love this. I love <laughs> I it. Mean, yes. You know, yeah. 
it's almost like, yeah, okay. In our context of our culture, it's like if parents hear that, they're like, oh, he's a hustler, you know? Like, yeah. okay, is that a noble thing? Like, okay, what's an entrepreneur, you know? Yeah, but, and it is a noble thing. It's just, it's the same <laughs> thing. Like, you got to hustle or you can't make it, I guess. Especially right. during the down times, you have to make ends meet for your business uh-huh. by sometimes hustling, you know? So uh-huh. go on. I love this. That's great. Yeah, um, so I started learning from him and getting inspired by him even more every day. Um, we raised a family. I have three beautiful girls. And um, I guess the time of me really taking it seriously is when after, you know, my girls are now grown, um, kind of pushed back the passion, aspiration. Um, I had to put it on pause for a while. So in 2015, that's when I really like, you know what, I, I have to make a decision for myself, like, I'm going to pursue this, this passion that's and this dream that I have because it's not going away. And then, you know, at that time I was really already in heavy, you know, doing heavy catering and um, do a lot of pop-ups. I started out doing a pop-up meaning like I would go to events and I would sell food and, um, Someone give you the idea for that? I mean, or is it just you heard about them? Because I think it's such a great way to start a business like Dave's Mm -hmm. famous hot chicken or whatever it's called. That's how they started. And a lot of businesses Uh are starting off this way. So how did you did you hear about it? I did a lot of research. I do a lot of research. And then I was actually I I mean, as far as Nashville, we're very well known for events. So I go out to all these events a lot like on the weekends and I see like a lot lots of people you know selling arts and crafts and food and I'm like you know what I I can do that so I get inspired and I said I'm gonna do it so I start inquiring about all these places and um, events and then they just like yeah come on and do it and that's how it all got started and in 2016 that's when I legally was able to you know um start my business, my food truck and catering business, I was able to save up some money. And with a little bit of help from my family, I was able to acquire a food truck. And ever since then, it's just been thriving. And um, yeah, I just been doing really well and just growing. I love it. And how'd you come up with the name, the idea for the food? Like what made you decide on um, the cuisine that you chose? And so let's explain the background there why that food and why the name that you chose um, for the audience. Okay. <laughs> What's okay. It's funny because um, I didn't come up with the name. It was actually my, my operational manager, which is my husband. <laughs> he's, he's, he's my number one supporter. So he does most of the, the whole, you know, branding and whatnot. But um, so loving it, of course, I'm Laotian. I'm from Laos. So instead of saying loving it, like loving our food, we would say loving it. It's just, it kind of ties together in a way. I love it. And, it's um, so incredible. <laughs> so we, we serve Southeast uh, Asian cuisine, which is from Lao, Thai, and Vietnamese. Um, so, yeah. we. The photography is beautiful on your Instagram. Will you tell everyone where they can find you on Instagram? Because I think normally I wait till the end, but I think for your stuff to really get an idea of what you're doing, it, it takes everyone to look at Instagram. So where can they find you? You can find us at lauvinit.com or you can at lauvinit Instagram, at lauvinit Twitter. Um, yeah. Okay, go on. So and Facebook, yeah, at, at Lauvin at Facebook, de- definitely, and our website, yeah. Cool. So, like mm-hmm. the um, the food. So you you're combining all the flavors. You have a f- food truck. Like, come up with the idea of the menu. Like, what becomes the obstacles for you? Like, how do you decide on what sells, what doesn't sell? How do you decide on how to tweak your menu? How do you decide? what events to do because I mean it's a different world than being in food all of a sudden you're now in food trucks right and there are a lot of events but how do you manage all of this oh wow yeah it's in the beginning it was tough it was tough because I know that in the beginning you kind of want to start out like you want to be catering to everyone you know to I guess sell everything do everything but then I learned quick that you can't do that because we, we used to have a broad menu because I wanted to showcase everything and anything to anybody. <laughs> so, 
that I mean, you you start finding, you know, fine tuning because you know what's popular. Um, you'll know what they like, you know, their responses, like, um, you know, what they come back for. So that's, that's when I really, you know, um, unpack our menu and just to sell just the general item, like, you know, the main courses and whatnot. And we're, we're well known for our small menu, but we're also known for the quality of the menu, because I feel like, that's all we need is that if we have a small menu and people absolutely love what we sell, then why change it? Just stick with it, execute it, and just make sure it always tastes and be great. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. So, like, what's your favorite dish or favorite item that you guys serve? And, like, what's your favorite dish that's from you know, your, your home culture? Like what is the thing that you grew up with that you most represented with? Is it served in your food truck? Um, and if not, what's the, for the, some of the favorite things that you do serve on the food truck? What does the menu actually look like? So our, our most, um, popular item is our chicken and rice dish. Um, it is called the chicken basil fried rice. And that's our take on, on the basil fire rice. Um, everything that I make is in-house and from scratch, um, from the sauce and just awesome. all the good. Yeah, everything I make on the truck is homemade. And it's, you know, nothing's pre-made. Um, I do it with lots of labor-intensive hours, but it's so worth it uh, to me. Um, my favorite, personally, um, authentically Laotian dish would have to be the king noodle soup which is called kaupun. Um, if you've ever had red hot chicken curry from like a Thai restaurant, it kind of mimics that, but with the vermicelli white noodles. Um, it's like coconut base with red curry paste and lots of herbs, and it's a soup. And um, it's, it's, it's very popular in the wintertime for us, especially when we sell inside the farm, Nashville's farmer's market. People love that because it's very uh, savory, and very hearty for them in the wintertime. Besides pho, pho is really good too. Uh, I love pho, but king noodle soup will have to be my number one. It's more of our authentic dish um, that we cook for almost every kind of event. So you mu- it's like a must-have for birthday parties, private events, family gatherings. So, yeah. I'm a huge fan of spring rolls, so I, I've noticed that on your site, of course, because they look ridiculous on there. I hope, like, when I come visit, I'm, those are still on the menu, because I was, like, looking at those on your Instagram, I'm like, that's, the, the food looks great, the presentation's great, I love the name, okay, the name is perfect for what you're trying to do, and what I love even more is you're bringing culture through food to a place that normally wouldn't be exposed to that culture or that environment. Like we don't travel very much, particularly people in Nashville, barely travel in the United States, let alone the world. And we have a lot of tourism that's coming here Mm -hmm. also, which I think is great because they can try these type of dishes and stuff like that here in Nashville's are here for the music, but there's also food tourism here, guys. It's also food foodies. There's also a lot of food bloggers. There's a lot of, power here because the amount of tourism and there's a lot of influence and not to mention what I like about here is the food quality is high it's like when Mm -hmm. I used to live in New York City or I go travel to San Francisco and Los Angeles there's just a high food quality here a high level of showmanship a high level of presentation a high level of integrity and that's what I love about what you're doing and I feel like it showcases so well and you have such a good temperament about it, too, and such a good vision, and it represents the culture well, and it represents the food well. And by culture, I mean the spirit of your business um, that you've also taken from your heritage and your background and, and who you are as a human and your family and your husband and probably even your three uh, girls. And mm-hmm. so your husband's like a solo guy. So. It's, uh, you know, he's probably really entrepreneurial by this point because he's just like in his free time. There's not, he's not, maybe they're, maybe he's throwing around a baseball here and there. I don't know what your kids do for sport wise, but he's probably throwing around ideas. And so the, um, the thing I like about you and what you're doing is just, 
it's very grounded it's very centered it's very simple but it's very true it's like you're doing what you do well you know the products that you like you can vary it any way you want to but you know that it's scalable to meet what's needed in a food truck because i think that's a big part of it right right so you've been open for a few years all of a sudden covid happens like what do you do with the food truck how do you deal with that during covid and i'm not sure how nashville was i've only been here three months at this point maybe four months four months and so how is it how is it for you to deal with covid you just invested in a food trailer you have family members that investors what do you do at this point like what are you thinking um surprisingly during covid um the food truck industry here in nashville it was actually a good thing for us <laughs> it was is thriving because of the situation where people was you know they had a quarantine at home and whatnot um but they would inquire food trucks to come out to neighborhoods so we did a lot of you know events i mean as far as like serving we would go into neighborhoods and 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 serve the people so business for us was not an issue at all during covid which is surprising right surprisingly um it, it's actually was good for for us in the industry because we had a pivot um we did a lot of online to go orders you know um curbside and it was it was very much needed um and people really appreciated that so it didn't slow the industry down at all during covid which you know we we did we did pretty well during that hard times um but yeah um as far as covid it didn't affect us at all yeah and the next part is what i love also is now you and what i see from your instagram and doing my research is that you're now in cpg okay for the audience that doesn't know that's consumer product goods which i've never called it that before when i was on the production side it was always co-packing to me Mm -hmm. the rest of the world calls it cpg or consumer product goods which can go into retail uh in the grocery store and be sold um different than commercial product goods which is commercially packed to go into restaurants and schools and universities but let's talk about how did you branch into this how did all of that happen because i love it and i think it's diversifying your business and you know what sells and the the things that sell well and so it makes Mm -hmm. sense to do this i encourage people to do this to diversify your investment in yourself Mm -hmm. in your business before you go allowing other people to manage your money and because right. you always make more money on yourself than you will of anyone managing your money at very small percentages. So let's okay. talk about this. How did you get into this? Where did this idea come from? We So we kind of branched out to um, going into the e-commerce side. I have products, um, which is our spicy paste. It is called Gel Bomb. And it has been popular since day one that I've been selling on the truck because when we, when customers ask for dishes to be spicy, again, the spiciness is actually, is homemade again. It's not just pepper flakes or whatnot. It's actually the product itself that I make homemade and I put it incorporate into our dishes and their responses has been, you know, it's been great. So again, um, that's how we started out with, you know what, I'm going to go and pursue this as well because that's money left on the table and I have a product. Actually, I have many products I want to uh, bring out, but this is by far the only one for now that has been really popular and it's, you know, doing well on online. So the spicy paste that we um, made, it, we can you can find it, on, we sell it on Etsy, the platform Etsy.com. Uh, we sell it on our website and we sell it on Amazon as well. Um, it's just so brilliant to me because I think it makes sense and not enough entrepreneurs realize the stepping stone. Like you can s- step outside of m- opening multiple food trucks or or opening a restaurant, brick and mortar. Like there's pieces of your business that you can dime down and scale up and even have someone else... You, 
like do the recipe for you and you just inspect it and they can package it for you and you just like sit back there and make sure it's good and collect your percentage it's not a great percentage but it's good percentage and there's like things like that so and it helps supply your business if you want multiple trucks or trailers down the road because all of a sudden you have this business and if you do it properly and don't bite off too much and scale it properly and don't take on like a Walmart contract day one, which people mistakenly do and then drowned and because you need cash flow to start something like that, like serious mm-hmm. cash flow, not just an investment. Um, right. I think you're doing it the right way and I like it. You're starting off at the right platforms. You're controlling your destiny. You're, you're building a brand and you're using it to complement your existing brand or business, which is the food truck. So I love that. I think it's hugely intelligent, obviously, Let's talk about your husband and your relationship, him as this entrepreneur, you in the food truck space. Like, how does that look now? Because you're all sort of in the business together. Are your mm-hmm. kids involved in the business at all? Um, do you see them being involved in it if they're not? And sort of let's talk about the family dynamic. Your husband as an entrepreneur, you now as an entrepreneur, fully budding and blooming. And, you know, what does all of that look like? So yeah, it's as of right now, it's it's a two man team. Uh, it's a husband and wife team. Uh, we do everything together. Um, as far as our children, they're they get involved when they need to be involved, like helping out every now and then. But as of right now, it's just a two man team. We we pretty much own and operate, and we we wear every kind of hats. <laughs> yeah, and you're probably at home and at work, probably really good teamwork, like complimenting each other. Like it's not necessarily always someone's task. It's just picking up mm-hmm. the ball and running with it when you need to. Yes. Yes, sir. And let me like, and I've got to imagine you're both entrepreneurs now. So you're sort of instilling these values in your children. I, I don't even like, this is one of the great things I like about two entrepreneurs that meet and thrive together is they're also instilling these values in their children, these core mm-hmm. values that are so important, the food, the, the how you treat a customer, how you actually deal with mm-hmm. a problem properly without losing your mind and like all <laughs> those things, right? So do you guys talk about that a lot? Like what those values are that you're learning and how they're instilled in your children? Oh, absolutely. Every day we, we want to make sure that they understand the value and what why we're doing and what we're doing um so they'll understand so they'll grow up to know why mom and dad you know are doing this um as far as just working hard i i want to show them that you know what it is to work hard and to achieve and have something if you just work for it um the value is definitely to not only to work hard, but to really have a passion and a goal for it. Um, we always teach our girls, you know, to to appreciate and to love. I mean, my my oldest one, she's 16, and she loves being on a truck. She loves, you know, talking to people and taking orders and just explaining things to them. And it makes me happy because she understands, like, customer service is number one. You know, you have to love your customer. You have to treat them right because they're the one who is paying for your light bills and they're they're the one who's putting, you know, I mean, it's just it's not only that, but just to teach them the value of of loving and serving people. That's our that's our core value uh, for this business. Yeah, like servant leadership all the way. Right. Like that servant mm-hmm. leadership value is just so important. And like, I love this because we. I didn't intentionally do this, but we kind of circled back to, I talked about compounding legacy and food and your daughter is already thriving. The thing that she's picking up and compounding in her experience and then going back to school and just being like, oh, here's a math problem. Well, I deal with this all day long or here's a social problem. I don't know what they study in school anymore. So you have to forgive me. I'm like (laughs) 40 years removed or something from that thing. But, you know, they come up with like, like, the majors that you can major in in college just blow my mind. I can't even like I wouldn't even be able to remember how long the major is, but mm-hmm. it's um mm-hmm. it's that type of thing. But the education she's getting, the compounding effect of having you guys as parents, the compounding effect of you having a parent that was also in food that compounded work ethic and instilled 
and you and also instilled like okay things are tough we got to pick up and move and we got to go somewhere and we got to make make a living and i think mm-hmm. and she had integrity and pride in what she did and you talked about that it got compounded into you your husband's a driven person a self-starter knows how to make money on his own knows how to take care of a, f- a family on his own without anyone's help he can do that you that's who he was when you met him and you're mm-hmm. very much the same way i'm hardworking. put my head down i'll do whatever it takes to take care of my family now you guys go into the entrepreneurial route now you go in it together now 2015 we're almost wow maybe even seven to eight years later your daughter's been exposed to this since nine years old roughly right the mm-hmm. older one. Yes. And now yes. she's just like, that's a lot of years that if I'm 20 years old, it takes me 29 to get that experience. That seems like a really long time. But when you're young and it's just part of life and mom and dad are doing it and this is part of my growing up experience, nine years goes by like a flash. Yeah. And the 10,000 yeah. hours you get from the age of like nine to 16 is way more influential than the 10,000 hours I get from 20 to 29. And that's right. just what I want to anchor for the audience and what you guys are doing. And it's so powerful. And it makes me, it gives me hope. I wouldn't say it makes me anything. It gives me so much hope that we're doing the right thing. And that like this compounding effect we have on our children as entrepreneurs is like, we can do this. Like we can continue to thrive and compound American dreams and compound mm-hmm. creating jobs and being creative and I don't. I can't even wait to see what your daughters accomplished based on being the compounding legacy that they're having. So, <laughs> so it's really cool. Let's talk about the future. Like you have a consumer products good business. You have a, a family that's thriving. You have a growing food truck. Like, mm-hmm. and your husband and you obviously are very strategic. Like at this point, you're playing very serious chess, not checkers. You have family mm-hmm. involved. Your kids are involved. You talk about their future and, and, and making sure that they have the tools that they need to survive and be successful humans, but also make sure if they fall, you're there to support them. And so I, I like that. So what does the future hold for you? Where do you want to go with this business? What What ideas do you have? What what do you have for the kids? Are they involved? Do they actually really want to be involved in the business in the long run? So um, the good news is we have been preparing for um, growth um, because being a food trucker for the past six to seven years now has not, I'm not going to say taken its toll, but we, we just know we, we need to grow. If we don't grow, we're going to die because I feel like things are, you know, it's snowballing and it's doing it really quickly to the point where I, I'm making a move where like, okay, long story short, we are actually moving into our first brick and mortar. Very Um, cool. (laughs) It will launch between next month or so. There we go. Um, So we we will have a space that, you know, we can do more. I can hire help. I can grow the business. I can make more products. Um, that's my goal as far as what I see myself or what our business is going towards. Um, the girls, my, my kids are going to be heavily involved on hands on. So they don't know what being an entrepreneur is um, working for yourself, working hard and being good at, you know, certain things that they might like and follow their dreams, um, whatever it is that it may be. But as a start, they, they see us as parents and how we're working and what we're doing. They, they, they're already getting inspired. So um, definitely I see us do nothing but I hopefully just keep on growing and thriving in this, in our business. So the the brick and mortar will now support the food truck also. So you may be even able to expand your menu a little bit because you now don't have to produce everything on the truck. Is that true? Yes, yes. Because we want to be able to now serve and showcase more items that, you know, people love and um, something that we can't do on the truck because it's limited. We would want to offer that in a, on a daily basis where they can get what they, you know, want and, and like. 
So we'll have a hub for them to come and and um, enjoy that. So it's it's a big plus. It's it's a big plus that we you know decided to do this because yeah, being on track is very limited. And then you know and then it's great too because now our food truck will be still you know be extension of our restaurant. So it'll still be you know running um, as far as serving uh, the metro Nashville area. And um, then we can, we have our space that people could just come and enjoy daily if they wanted to um because sometimes being on a food truck is very convenient because people are chasing you you know it's like where are you gonna be at this day or what hours and it's sometimes it gets kind of like complicated i guess you know and i agree with you and one of the things i like about your story and it reminds me of a little bit just because there's five of you and your kids are involved in the business and going to brick and mortar and it's not the same but like it was like a husband and wife uh investing the kids college tuition into family business i'm not saying you should do this but and you ended up with like uh one restaurant in 1986 the family heavily involved in it then by 2001 there's five of these restaurants around dc particularly in northern virginia the original one i think was even in a truck stop if i remember correctly and i think i've been in it and the company i'm talking about is five guys it just happens to be that there were four boys Mm -hmm. and two parents and they called it five guys because of the legacy and the father Mm -hmm. being involved in the the starter so but the that's like you don't know what impact you're going to have and okay it was 1986 15 years later 2001 they franchised after they finally had how many locations so i think that that's something that you know is important to understand in in this journey is you don't know what you're creating and the family legacy and the compounding of that legacy is a serious business and you perfect models and tweak them and things grow and you take your time to grow and you build the proper values you can have a really good business. And so I just wanted to anchor to that because just the story of it, the, the way it is, and you know, Five Guys is struggling a little bit right now because everyone is because of labor issues and food. But mm-hmm. it is a brand that was built off of like a family and the family values and being a family together and building slowly and then scaling once they were ready. And I think it's similar to what you're talking about. You're like at a point now, you're seven years in and it's brick and mortar and you know, your kids are about 16 and younger and they'll start going to college and applying the same things they're learning as un- from entrepreneurial parents and food as they're taking classes there, which then compounds this legacy even more through the education and experience and exposure to everything that they're getting in college. And right. it's just, it's going to be really interesting to see because often we don't really as entrepreneurs understand that just because we came up with the original idea does not mean that our legacy isn't going to compound it well beyond our even our ability to understand it. It's just like, okay, I can barely run my cell phone sometimes, you know, like Snapchat's like way out of my league, honestly. Like I can handle all the other social media, the Snapchat thing. I'm like, what is this thing? We just send pictures back and forth. It seems like an awfully large waste of my time. I don't understand what's going on here. and But it's just something like that. Like we just don't understand but people make lots of money on snapchat for example Mm -hmm. it's just not me i don't understand it's a generational thing and Mm -hmm. so like that one just i can't get i can't get and um and it's just me as a human but it's just me giving an example also that i think you know when my um what i've seen kids be able to do or kids i mentor that are 20 years younger than me it's significant right so I love this story. Um, what else do you want to share? I mean, uh, what is your what inspires you every day? How do you keep going? Like, what is the thing that really ties you to like, oh my gosh, I can't, like you talked about not taking a toll, but you've had rough patches. Any food truck, any food business, it comes with hard knocks and bad days and seasons. There's seasonality, mm-hmm. particularly in Nashville. And so how do you, how have you handled that? What keeps you going? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> what keeps me going every day is faith. Um, I mean, it's just, if I don't have that, I I wouldn't be able to make it. Because some days are, it is, it gets tough. It gets overwhelming. Um, because not, not only that, I'm a business owner, 
I have a family, you know, so balance is very, it's, it's challenging, but that's what I have to cope with. It's like, I have to balance with work, business, family, and everything else. I kind of have to do it all, you know, wear many hats, like I said, um, in the beginning. So, but I mean, what drives me is my family, my children, you know, their legacy. I want to be able to build that and have that for them. I want to make sure they understand what it is that, you know, and to kind of sum it up, it's like they understand that, like, for their parents, which is me and my husband, we didn't really have the proper education. And I always encourage my girls, like, it's okay if you did decide not to go to college or if you, you know, but the thing is that you have to make sure what your passion and what your love is. And then you, you go for that, you know, your dreams and you don't give up, you know, um, it's something that I, I teach my girls to, to, to be bold and courageous to, you know, be outgoing. Um, because sometimes education is not for everyone. Um, and they see that the struggles that we go through is like, you know, we didn't, we didn't go to, you know, finish college or anything like that, but, but now, but we're still okay. You know, we're, we're okay. (laughs) Education doesn't define you, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. And I like this because one of the things that I always, something that, um, yeah, our value and is, you know, it's been great. Our core value is definitely faith. Yeah. I love that. And I agree with you. And, um, one of the things that you said that I think is important is it's how you, it's also your perspective, okay? Like education isn't everything. And one of the things I always ask, like if I'm mentoring someone or coaching someone, you know, entrepreneurs, the musicians, athletes is, okay, like what is it that you see yourself doing for the rest of your life if you only could make enough money to survive for you and your family? Like you'd be okay, you'd be comfortable but you're stuck doing this for the rest of your life. And I'm not saying everyone's a one trick pony, but you might have to be, what is it? And like, it's just a very, you need to get that into perspective because whatever that is, is gonna leverage you into whatever you're supposed to be. Okay, and it may not be the thing that you're gonna do for the rest of your life, but understanding what that is, is important. For me, it's growing humans. like. It's pollinating the world around me positively, like through entrepreneurship or encouraging other people to be entrepreneur. Like those two things anchor who I am faith as well. Like, you know, you know, I'm an Mm -hmm. athlete. I consider myself an athlete. So I live my life in that health realm because I believe I need to be in the best mental and physical state possible and spiritual state possible Mm -hmm. to do whatever. So I say athlete. I grew up an athlete. It makes me a better entrepreneur. It makes me a better uh, friend, it makes me a better um, step parent when I was that, just that type of thing. And so I feel like these are the the values that anchor us to to who we are. So mm-hmm. I like that that's what's going on here. I also like that you have such a strong brand. And it's such the name love in it, even that's <laughs> loving it, is what represents your family, right? Yes. Yes. And it's true to the brand. And sometimes it takes when true brands aren't just about making money and they're actually value based. It takes time for that culture or what I'd like to say spirituality in the business to thrive. Because if we worry about culture, we're just creating illusion. We're actually trying to create culture in businesses. It's a freaking, why are we trying to create culture? We should just have it based on values. But that's the whole thing. And it takes longer. That's why people just want to create culture. No, we should just have spirituality. What is the spirit of our business? What does it represent? What's its purpose? What are we portraying? Is it building the individuals that work here? If my child works here, what kind of values am I instilling in them? And I should be instilling the same one in my team members and that's what you guys represent I feel like you're just so perspective driven and if it's not about education it's about what can I do that I love that makes a difference for the rest of my life that I get some value out of it other than money you know so very cool um wow where can they find you online again (laughs) 
You can find us on Instagram at Lauvinit, on Facebook, Lauvinit, and our website. So that'd be Lauvinit.com. Uh, Twitter, if you use that kind of platform. But yeah, we're pretty much all over social media. Awesome. And I'm going to end with this question for you and the audience because I'm starting to lose my voice. Um, what is it that you love the most about being an entrepreneur? What is it? And I'm going to ask, actually, I'm going to make this two questions. What is it that you love about being the most about being an entrepreneur right now? What is the most valuable lesson that you say or lessons you've learned as an entrepreneur also? So those two, what do you love the most? What's the most valuable lessons? What I love about being an entrepreneur, oh man, it's nothing like, it's nothing like working for yourself. Um, it's just the way you work, I guess. I mean, if you want me to be transparent, it's the way you're making money is there's no cap. You know, you're, you're your own boss. Exactly. You're, <laughs> no one you can know, cap you, your potential for no, earning. No, yeah. absolutely. Not, not the way that I need to provide for my family. No, it's endless. You know, it's up to me if I, you know, want to do that, um, then I can. Nobody's telling me yes or no and when to stop. You know, only myself can tell that, just to say that. I um, like this because you hustled really hard anyway go on I didn't want to interrupt you but you hustle really hard and I totally respect it I love the grind I love it's just some you don't have to be the smartest or the education you just have to love what you do and be willing to do it and do what you say you're going to do right so go on go on I'm sorry oh no you're fine um so now the question is the struggle is that what it is (laughs) yeah what do you think you've learned the most what struggles have been the hardest and what have you learned from them Oh man, there's so many. There's so many. I I know what that I I've learned a lot from being optimistic. I have to stay optimistic cuz sometimes I'm really hard on myself. And I feel like sometimes I'm not doing enough or I'm not doing it to my full potential. But I'm human and I'm allowed to make mistakes. So <laughs> definitely I I realized that if I make a mistake and it's okay. I, I have to learn from it, you know, get back up on the horse and keep doing it. You know, don't, don't quit. My husband, he always tell me like, he's like, just don't quit. Don't quit. Yeah. There's always magic that happens. I keep telling everyone, just keep <laughs> showing up and the miracle happens for real. Like mm-hmm. it's a, that's a real thing. Like it's not only been in the Bible, but it's a real thing in life. Just show up the people that are important yep. to you, the the things that you care about for your kids, for your family, for your uh, team members or employees, whatever it is that you call them. It's like Mm -hmm. you need to show up and you need to have consistency in the showing up and people will see it. And it's so important. It's just keep going and don't give up and keep showing up for yourself and keep showing up and making distance on your previous self because that's what happens when you keep showing up and you keep learning and you keep expanding your mind or keep looking at it like one day I'm like I'm never going to figure this out and like I give it up I give it up and like 3 days later I like see some random person like pushing a, a cart down a street or something and I'm like oh I didn't think about it that way And it was like a hundred days in a row I wasted like looking at it the wrong way. And I'm like, oh, I should have looked at it this way. And it happens so much we get stuck in like, you know, what's routine or what's traditional and what what it is. We sometimes just need to be like, you know what, it doesn't matter. And let's just go with it. And it's true to our family and it's true to us. And who cares what's been done before? I'm going to do this. And I love it. I love your spirit. And thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. If you can, if you guys want to reach out to us on Instagram, it's at Justin and the food entrepreneurs. If you want to listen to the podcast, find us where you grow yourself or anywhere you grow yourself through them or on Spotify. Wow. I really messed that up. Find us on Spotify or anywhere else you grow yourself through podcasts. And, um, I have one more question actually, and then I will wrap it up. Okay. If you could, 
tell yourself something seven years ago when you first started, what would it be? Seven years ago, before I... <laughs> right before you started the food okay. truck. Okay. Oh, man, I have so many. But one that stands out... Or you can give me more than one. No, no, sure. no, no, no. We'll, we'll do one. That's very important. Okay. Um, take more risk because it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Trust the process because sometimes you get scared and you kind of like, you know, it stops you from doing things that, you know you want to do. So definitely take more risks and trust the process. Where are you, where's your new store located or your new restaurant located? So the or new, where will um, it be located? So our first location, we are going to be opening in Columbia, Tennessee. Uh, the food truck will still be operating in Nashville in the Metro area. So it'd be an extension of our restaurant. Cool. Yeah, and then God willing, in the next few years, couple of years, um, we want to. We love to expand and come back to you know work our way back into Nashville and the metro area. Yeah, and have multiple locations. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's just such a growing acceptance of such international cuisine here. I'm so excited to be here and see all this happen because I'm like, I didn't know this was going on here. Like I'm just like it's such there's so much here and there's so much diversity going on. And you guys are an example of the food entrepreneurs that are thriving here and, um, around being true to yourself and true to your values and true to the food of your, your background. And, you know, looking at the rear view mirror, but also seeing the big, you know, windshield right in front of you, you know? So I think that that's mm -hmm. so cool. So thank you again. Uh, Noki, I can't even, Thank you enough. It was like you guys, all, all the entrepreneurs that come on here that grow me a lot, but your family values, your and your husband's perspective, the way you've approached your business, it, it's just where I am in my life. It's been hugely helpful for me also. So thank, thank you very you. much. I appreciate thank it. You. And I appreciate you coming on the podcast. And again, everyone, you can find us on Spotify or anywhere else you grow yourself through podcasts and we're out. Thank you so much, Justin. Thank you.